The sound of crunching footfalls follows a team of researchers as they sidle along a narrow ledge of a sky island. Small pebbles tumble over the edge and fall silently to the ocean hundreds of feet below. The researchers enter a cave and light lanterns, illuminating the narrow crevices and path through to a natural bowl formation on the sky island. It's open to the night sky and surrounded by vegetated cliffs. Vines dangle from the jungle surface above. The crew sets up a tent and at the edge of a crystal clear pool, begin clearing vines from the surrounding cliff faces, eventually finding an intricately carved stone door. Time passes and they fail to find a way to open the door, so one of them sets an explosive charge and lights the fuse. The smoke clears and the camera has rotated, showing the faces of the researchers as the smoke billows out, the dust and acrid plume transitioning from this sky island into the bleak mists. Swirling malevolent clouds of strange raw magic, greens, purples, and silver floating over the oceans from the surface to swallowing entire sky isles. Welcome to Ironsworn Sundered Isles. The smoke and clouds clear, and the camera comes back into focus in the captain's cabin of a ship. Lanterns swing and cast light on a desk with nautical charts, maps, and orders bearing the crest of the Cairodi Dominion. Admiral Magnus Cassidy stands up and strides past the desk, opening a door to step out onto the quarterdeck. A night crew is maintaining a steady course as he leans onto the railing, looking out over the sea. Two moons hang in the sky. The faintly visible cinder, the color of coals in a fire pit, low on the horizon, outshone by the cold light blue of wraith, waxing gibbous on the clear night. Not far on the horizon is the faint outline of an island chain deep in the reaches, the Jade Isles, the last ember to stomp out now that the Dominion has won this generation's long damn war. And he's here to protect a bunch of bookworms. He spits over the side of the ship and calls out to the crew working the deck. Fret not, lads. Reports say some of the natives still got spirit to break, so it won't all be babysitting. Dark laughter rises from the deck. The admiral raises a spyglass to his eye, and the camera zooms in as the reflection is that of a sky island filling the lens. A ship glides low along the rocky bottom of the sky island, dipping between a misting waterfall and a series of jagged cliffs. The camera pans up from the hull and over the ship's name, The Venture, a small merchant cutter with two foresails being manned by a pale bear of a young man, while the mainsail and wind rudder are guided from the back by a tomboyish teenage girl. Hanging off the rigging on the port side of the ship is a tan young man with a monkey peeking up over his shoulder. Dine smiles wide as he holds his arm out and runs his hand through the waterfall spraying over the calm ocean below. You get back on deck, Dine. Are you trying to veer us into these cliffs? Oh, come on, Laolo. You're way too good at handling the venture to let me and Tam here throw you off. If you don't come up here now, I'll have Ephraim throw you off himself. Dine and Ephraim both yell coming at the same time, and the three laugh as the ship descends and makes a smooth transition to sea travel as it approaches their home village of Istomavana. 
As they near the docks, lights and veins cast shadows moving rapidly throughout the village. The crew ties off the venture and rushes into the village to the alarm of Battleship! Battleship! Chironi has come! The Dominion is here! The camera fades tonight and catches up with the village two weeks later. Villagers look nervous as they shuffle around soldiers stationed throughout the island. They're now bringing all of their goods and resources to Dominion-held buildings for rationing. Dine is carrying a basket on his back and overhears a few soldiers talking about the Sinosher Society, taking their sweet time on the isles nearby. One soldier says, I just want to get off this island, get out of the reaches. We need to get back to real civilization. Dine brings his basket into the Dominion Trading House and silently exchanges his goods for Kairoti coin. He turns to leave, and we see him walk through the village back to his grandmother's house to dole out pay to the rest of his crew. However, when he opens the door, he finds that his grandmother is meeting with members of both the Eldarian remnants and the Morian. It appears Istomovana is going to resist the Dominion. Hello everyone, and thank you so much for joining me in this very first episode of Ironsworn Sundered Isles. Getting into the game proper, not just our character creation episode, we are going to be diving in to the setting and the series that we are going to be playing for the near future. I'm super excited to be playing this game. I know it's still in playtest, so I'm going to be playing a game that a lot of you cannot go out there and find, which is not really the point of what I'm trying to do here, which is to get you aware of great games that you should be taking a look at and considering playing either by yourself solo like I'm doing in this series or with your friends. And Ironsworn is a game that you can play solo, co-op GM-less, or guided with a typical GM kind of role with your friends. So until Sundered Isles comes out and there is, from what I'm hearing, going to be a crowdfunding event for that, until it comes out, definitely go check out the incredible, award-winning, way worth the hype, original Iron Sworn, which is a low fantasy kind of Vikings era version of this game, and Iron Sworn Starforged, which takes it to space. A quick reminder about the setting that we're going to be playing in. It is Sundered Isles is a seafaring game that's very much kind of in the vein of pirate Age of Sail settings. I am playing one of the optional settings within this playtest material, this new setting that's going to be coming out, where I am taking the Age of Sail to the skies. I am playing in a magic-infused skyship, sky island kind of blend. It's not quite steampunk, it's still got that very much maybe 15th, 16th century vibe of ships and ship battles and exploration but it's also taking place after a generations-long war that caused a cataclysm where certain portions of continents were destroyed, exploded, whatever you want to call it, and now portions of these continents float in the sky above the ocean. There's still plenty of actual island chains in the ocean, and an important detail about the setting is that there are definitions for types of island chains. Basically, there are myriads, which are densely settled and close island chains, 
where travel and trade is easy. It's basically where most people live. It's the safest place to be. It's where trade is abundant and easy. Then there are the margins, which are a little further away from that. And these are islands that are a little harder to get to, but still kind of usually within myriad trading routes. And then there are the reaches, where our story is going to be taking place. In this area of the oceans, and in our case, Sky Islands, they're kind of the place where mysteries still exist. And I'm framing it as the reaches in this setting are basically the areas closest to these exploded portions of continents. A lot of the Sky Islands are in the reaches. There are some maybe in the margins and very few in the myriads, but our story takes place in one of these remote reaches of the oceans. So our character for this series is named Dain Aloma. He is an early 20s young man, tan skin, skinny, shoulder-length dark wavy hair that he keeps tied back in a scarf. That was his mother's. His parents went off to help in the war efforts and unfortunately never returned, which is why he had to take care of his grandparents, now just his grandmother, and his younger brother and sister. As we discovered last time, the paths that we received were sorcerer and merchant, so he has that ability to cast magic, and he is a merchant. Again, last time we discovered that the reason I have not pursued my mystic trials, the very important rite of passage for those of my people, my culture, that can use the sorceress ways, is because I had to take on that merchant role to keep my family fed and safe during this war. I have a companion monkey who I have named Tamrin. I call her Tam, and she kind of looks like a golden lion Tamarin, except if she was probably a bit bigger than the tiny little one-pound version that we have here on Earth. I imagine she's kind of probably half the size of Dine, you know, like upper torso kind of sized, maybe a little smaller. And as a merchant, we start off with a sailing ship. It is not our flagship yet. It does not even belong to us. It is called the Venture, and it has a small crew. It is a light ship, single-mast cutter, does have the ability to sail both waves and sky, and it belongs to another entity. The crew we met in that little vignette, their names are Laulo. She is a teenage female tomboy, and Ephraim, who is actually an Eldarian who's been living in the village with the other members of the Resistance that have been stationed here and are now stuck here because of the Dominion's arrival in these waters. So we have a little bit of a diverse crew on our merchant ship. I'm actually going to roll right now and see what entity that belongs to. Obviously, it's not going to be the Cairodi Dominion. But I think based on all of the other factions and organizations that we set up last time, I think it's probably owned by the Eldarian Remnant. This is going to be our first role, not necessarily the most exciting first role, but I'm going to ask the Oracle. A very important part of playing Iron Sworn Solo is consulting these Oracle charts. Sometimes you have to consult them when you make a move and your result tells you to look something up. Sometimes you're just going to do it to inform details about a location or a person or something that happens during the course of play. The most basic of this, though, is just called asking the oracle. You kind of come up with a yes-no or a likelihood of something being the case. So I think that it's likely 
that our ship belongs to the Eldarian remnants, and maybe we've been running merchant runs for them. We are sort of an outpost for some Eldarian remnant cells that are still kind of coming up with a resistance. All right, let's roll to see if this is the case first. When you ask the Oracle, and it is likely, it will be yes if I roll 75 or less. So let's see. I did not. I rolled a 96. So it does not belong to the Eldari remnants. Hmm. Well, the only thing that leaves is it could either be a native on this island who maybe is a trader. That makes plenty of sense. Or it could be the Morian, who are those natives who don't use muskets, pistols, or cannons or anything like that. And they're kind of ambush attackers. They use small, either single-manned or very light ships to skirt, flank, and just hit-and-run tactics. I like to imagine them kind of like wind surfers. Maybe they have totally valid seafaring vessels, but they can break off a piece of them and take to the skies or more quickly just kind of become mobile. And they kind of wind surf. And since they don't have any kind of cannons or firearms, they're much more mobile and probably catch a lot of people off guard. Um, I'm going to say it's 50-50. If it's less than 50, it belongs to a native. If it's greater than 50, it belongs to the Morian. Oh my gosh, another 90. So it belongs to the Morian, who are kind of a resistance in and of themselves. Interesting. So we're going to have to come up with a connection there. And actually, that's perfect. Because that's one of our moves. It triggers, it's called, make a connection. When you search out a new relationship or give focus to an existing relationship that's not an ally or companion, roll plus heart. So let's jump in to this scene a little bit from the point of view of Dine. He walks into his grandmother's home here in the village of Istomavana and sees that she has been meeting with members of not one but two resistance groups against the Kairodi Dominion, who have just arrived in these waters to finally assert their claim and their control over the island territories of this section of the Reaches because they have won, supposedly, this generations-long war that created the cataclysm that caused these sky islands to shoot out from the continents below and the bleak mists to leak out and make travel difficult. When Dine arrives, he sees both of his crew members, Laulo and Ephraim, sitting basically on either side. Ephraim is with the Eldarian remnant members, the resistance that have been here on the island, and Laulo has been warming up to the Morian. And when Grandma looks his way, and he has the Kairoti coin in his hand, she says, That's not what we work for. That's not what this island is about. These people, we've been free. We are not about to become another far-flung territory for the Kairoti Dominion. Dine, the war is over. You must take your mystic trials, but to do that, we're going to need friends who can help get the Dominion out of these waters. Dine looks to his crew members, his grandmother, and the representatives from the Morian and the Eldarian remnant that are here. And we're going to have to give a name to these two, so let's go ahead and roll up some names. One for the representative of the Morian, and one for the representative of the Eldarian remnant. The Morian are led by a woman named Kimora, 
and the Eldarian resistance is led by a man named Finn. Now, Finn looks to everyone present and says, We would love to help, but my people, we're just... We're all sick right now. None of us are in fighting condition, and we need whatever medicine we can get. To which Kimura says, We've launched multiple attacks against the ships that are protecting the scientists up near the Sky Islands. But I think we need to run a mission and hit one of these Dominion ships, let them know they're not welcome in these waters. Kaimura looks to Dine and says, Look, kid, I know you've been using the ship to basically get goods for this town and your family, and that's great. We're happy to have given you that, but it's time to repay us on that loan. Dine nods, looks at his crew of Laulo and Ephraim, and looks to Kimura and says, I don't want the Dominion coming to my island and bending us to their ways. I have things I need to do, things I should have done a long time ago. And I'm behind you if you want to get these people out of here. And I'm going to roll to make a connection. I'm going to give focus to an existing relationship. This is that of Kimura, who gave me and my crew our ship. I'm going to roll plus heart, which for Dine is plus two. So here goes. First real roll of the campaign. I rolled a three plus two on my action die for a five against a three and a six on the action die for a weak hit. Which says here, I create a connection. I give Kaimura a roll and a rank, which basically describe her role in the story. And rank is kind of the catch all for power and or danger associated with something in Iron Sworn. You give everything a rank from your vows, your quests, enemies have ranks, and they vary from troublesome, dangerous, formidable, extreme, and epic. For most connections, especially in the beginning, they recommend starting it at troublesome or dangerous. And this isn't a representation of how powerful or dangerous this NPC is. It's more about how much this connection could get us into trouble. So I'm going to set it at dangerous. She is a skirmisher. She is constantly fighting the superpower that has come into these waters. So it is dangerous to make a connection with her. And because it was a weak hit, we need to come up with a complication or cost for this connection. It says envision what they reveal or demand. And what they're going to reveal or demand is that we are still kids. And they've been making these quick engagements and little strikes since the Dominion have shown up in these waters. So they're going to be the distraction and they're going to attack. And while they do, my crew is going to board and attempt to get the supplies off of the Dominion ship. And you know what? I think that this sounds like swearing an iron vow to complete a quest. So... As the conversation continues and plans are drawn up to get the medicine for the Eldarian resistance, the tone in the room gets very serious. It's been a while since my grandmother has spoken, and Dine is surprised at how quickly he and his friends, Laulo and Ephraim, joined into this conversation and began planning something so serious, so dangerous, and yet it's like they all knew that this was an inevitability. They're not going to give up their home, their islands, 
to these people from afar just because they say they've won a war that hasn't been on their doorstep this whole time. And when the plans are just about there and look good, I think Kaimura pulls out her own sword and stabs it into the table. And everyone looks around, and Dine pulls the two curved daggers from behind his back. He also sticks them into the table, and grabbing the blade of her sword with one hand and reaching out the other to shake Dine's, Kaimura squeezes until blood is drawn, and Dine grabs one of his daggers and squeezes until blood is drawn, and reaches out his other hand to clasp Kaimura's. And we're going to swear a vow. I will retrieve the medicine for the Eldarians so we can fight the Dominion together. I'm going to assign this vow the rank of dangerous. It's probably formidable, but because we're not doing the actual fighting and we're mostly being asked to take advantage of the distraction and get on board and grab what we need and get off, I'm going to lower it to dangerous, which is a good starting point. Now, when you swear an iron vow, you roll plus heart. If you swear this vow to a connection, add plus one. So we just made a connection, and so that we're going to get plus three to this roll. Huge roll. We got a six on the action die, plus three, and a one and a three on the challenge die for a strong hit. On a strong hit, you are emboldened, and it is clear what you must do next. Take plus two momentum. This is as good of a time as any to explain momentum in Ironsworn. It is basically a resource that you gain or lose based on the result of your moves, and it can be used to replace the result of your action die if you ever want to what's called burn momentum. So if I were to roll a very low result on my action die, but my momentum could turn that into a weak or strong hit, I can burn momentum, bring it down to my reset value, and then begin accruing or losing again. So that strong hit on Swear and Iron Vow brings our momentum up from two to four, and we are ready to begin our first quest, which is a raid on a Dominion ship. Let's start off right away. Let's get crazy. Let's go. So I think just to really show off how you can play this system and engage with not only the moves and how they are triggered in certain forms of the narrative just by coming up with, well, what would I do next and how would that potentially trigger a move? I also want to show off some of the really great design of this system and use some of the moves. So I think that we talked about how we were planning this ambush, this raid, and we get that montage of standing around a table with lanterns lit, looking at maps and nautical charts and things like that. And we discover that the ships, the main three battleships of the Dominion. There's numerous other ships, smaller ships of the Armada that are currently and constantly moving sailors to and from port to bring in supplies, take out supplies, allow people to switch land and sea shifts, etc. And these three main ships are usually there's one docked not far from the docks themselves of Istomavana, and the other two are probably doing perimeter and or nearby waters sailing to keep an eye out for anybody coming in or looking for anybody trying to sneak around. So I think that the plan is to hit one of these two ships while they're out sailing the waters around the island. 
I'm going to say that we take a day to gather information. So there is a move that says when you search for clues, conduct an investigation, analyze evidence, or do research, roll plus wits. Now, wits is not one of our good stats. It is only plus one for dine, but here it goes. Wow, I rolled a six on the action die again, and an eight and a one on the challenge dice for a weak hit. On a weak hit, the information provides new insight, but also complicates the quest. Envision what you discover, then take plus one momentum. So I think that we do manage to kind of get an idea of the typical patrol route that these ships are sailing, and they do stay relatively far away from one another to cover more of the island and the coast as they go around. But I think that, unfortunately, due to the recent skirmishes that they've had with the Morian in the area, they are more ready for trouble than they might have been otherwise if we'd just been kind of complacent and okay with their arrival. So I'm going to say that we take plus one momentum because we know whereabouts they're going to be. We have an idea of our own island and waters, so we know a good place to hit them. But unfortunately, they're not going to be caught unawares. Oh, and also, they have very large cannons and are very well equipped, being the Dominion that just eventually won this war. And now I think we're probably ready to jump right in to this surprise attack. We will be using some rules that will be familiar, some moves from previous Ironsworn entries that those of you who are familiar with the system will know. The combat moves when we eventually board and or if we have to defend ourselves. But there is some awesome stuff in the Sundered Isles playtest package about naval encounters. And I really want to see how the oracles and the roles and everything sets up our first naval encounter we're going to go through it step by step and roll randomly to determine what's going on. So the first part of a naval encounter is the sighting phase. It describes the initial contact, the first time you see your quarry in your sights. It says here, use the weather oracle to generate the starting situation. So we're going to do that. And we have rolled for foul weather. Because we are out here in the reaches, we are close to the sections of the cataclysm and these sky islands and the bleak mists. We unfortunately have a greater chance of rolling for foul weather, so I get to roll a second d100, and this time I add a third d10 for the cursed die. If that comes up a 10, then all of a sudden this weather is cursed. Oh my god, it did. Our very, our very first roll, our very first scene, our first quest, our first action is going to happen under cursed weather. I rolled an 11, oh, nope, that's a 17 for, oh my gosh, Cinder Rain, Storm of Fiery Rock and Ash. Ooh, maybe Istomavana is a volcanic island. Ooh, interesting. I did mention that it's kind of jungle-like, so tropical. Yeah, maybe this is a volcanic island. Very interesting. And on this particular morning, maybe part of the gather information role is that we know that the 
volcano has been kind of a little more active lately, and there's a certain section of the island that the prevailing winds constantly are blowing clouds. We thought we would be able to get in there in a sort of fog or low cloud, worse visibility sort of conditions, but unfortunately we underestimated how bad the weather was going to be, and now we are attempting to strike this Dominion ship in some cinder rain. Oh my god, I can't believe that first roll. Was a cursed roll! Incredible! I love this cursed die mechanic though, by the way. It's new to Sundered Isles. And I've already heard people talking about how they want to use it in Starforged and other Ironsworn games. I think it's really, really fun and just adds a more dramatic twist for a lot of rolls. So normally next in the sighting phase, when this is rolled randomly, you would identify the type of sighting, but we know what we're going to be doing. So we set our orientation and I think we're going to say that because we are traveling with the Morian and we are using the Venture, which is known to be a faster ship, it's smaller, it's more maneuverable. I think that we have the advantage of speed. But now that the Cinder Rain is a thing, we said that their defenses were going to be up there. They were going to be paying attention. But now I want to ask the Oracle, does this work to our advantage? Are they caught off guard? Are we able to sneak up on them? I still think it's unlikely. I think the weather probably also has their guard up. So it's going to be 25 or less is a yes. 59, so no, we do not catch them off guard. They see us coming through the cinder rains. But we are quick, so we need to determine the next step of naval encounters, which is the approach. In the approach phase, it says, make full sail. In the approach phase, you and your potential foes seek the advantage of wind and sea as you close into cannon range or take part in the pursuit. We're going to resolve as a single move, either facing danger or securing an advantage. I think our advantage is out the window because their defenses and their attention was up and this weather has made it very difficult for us to do anything stealthily like we planned. So I think this is going to have to be face danger. Face danger is probably the move you're going to hear me roll the most because it is kind of the catch-all adventure move. It says when you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat, envision your action and roll. As we discussed before, we are not the main attack force. We are going to be taking advantage of when the attack is in full swing. So while they're distracted, my crew of stealthy little dexterous teenagers and younger folk are going to do our best to pull our merchant vessel up to the side, hop on and get in. And I think that for the sake of this, because my crew is currently still NPCs, I don't have them as a cohort which is a potential asset that I can get in the future where I get to use them as more of a mechanical benefit. I think that Lalo and Ephraim are going to be too busy basically manning the rigging and sailing the ship to keep it close so I can get on with Tam and get what we need and get off the ship as fast as possible. So I'm facing danger and I think I'm using speed, mobility, or agility. Oh my gosh. I rolled a one on the action die, plus my three for edge, but I rolled two ones on the challenge die for a strong hit with a match. Three ones on all three dice. So it says on a strong hit, you are successful, take plus one momentum. But because there was also a match, I get to do a little bit more. Some moves will specifically say 
in the wording of the move, whether or not something specific happens on a match. Otherwise, it's up to the player to determine a sort of extra benefit or worse outcome if you score a match on a miss. So for this one, I think, I think it means I get on very easily, but just because I like rolling on tables, let's go ahead and roll on maybe action theme to see if we can get any ideas. 55 is impress. That sounds right. 69. Impress quest. Oh, I think maybe a few of the Morian. And now that I've thought about how this happens, I think that the Morian have ships that basically can detach windsurfing solo vessels off of a main ship. So it's almost like a bunch of pods just drop off into the ocean and then those windsurfers can then catch back up with the main ship and they latch it back on. So it's almost like a swarm of Morian happen when you see one ship. Oh, that's really cool. And I was thinking, we'll get to this later. So I think that the Morian see our ship kind of sidle stealthily up to the a blind spot sort of in the rear towards the starboard quarter of the ship, kind of towards the stern. And the Morian are swarming all around, and I think some of those windsurfers have even begun sort of attacking from the air. They've left the waves a little bit, and because of the lightness and the quickness of their individual crafts, they can kind of jump and attack from both water and air. And they see us, and... They're impressed with how well we are handling ourselves right now. So maybe that's going to come manifest itself as a connection opportunity. All right, so Lalo and Ephraim are holding down the ship and Dine has easily climbed aboard. And I think that represents making progress on our quest. So this is the main way that stories are told in Ironsworn is you come up with these quests or these vows and basically these goals and you assign them ranks and based on the rank the harder it is the more powerful the higher the rank the less progress you make with every time you reach milestones and progress in that quest so for example our background vow of i will find a way to take my mystic trials is an extreme rank which means that every time i make progress i'm only marking off two ticks out of four for any box now, unlike other games where monsters or any kind of obstacle have hit points or something like that, basically all of our vows and our quests, you make progress until you feel bold enough to roll against that amount of progress with your challenge dice. And your progress represents your action die result. So you're going to make progress over the course of your adventures towards your various vows and quests and mark ticks that raise that number up. And then you will roll against it when you feel like you are close enough to attempt to resolve said quest. So because this is a dangerous quest to retrieve the medicine for the Eldarian resistance fighters, every time I mark progress, I actually mark off two whole boxes. So we are at two progress towards this goal. As Dine's feet hit the deck and Tamarin scampers up behind him, it is just chaos all around. 
with the cinder rains falling around them and dark fog surrounding the ship, Morian striking out of this fog and fire rain. There's a moment where we are not immediately detected. There are screams going up, all hands on deck! Men are drawing their pistols and their sabers, and all of a sudden, the cannon windows are dropping and the Cairodi Dominion soldiers on this battleship are ready. While fighting is going on all around us, I think that the goal for Dine is to avoid getting in any fights whatsoever. Let the Morian do the fighting and the distracting. So we're going to attempt to, I think, secure an advantage, which says, when you assess a situation, make preparations, or attempt to gain leverage, envision how you act and roll. I definitely think that we're using stealth, which would be rolling with shadow. I'm rolling crazy. That is a 5 plus 2 shadow for a 7 on our action die, and a 4 and a 5 on the challenge dice for a strong hit. On a strong hit, we get both plus 2 momentum and get to add plus 1 to our next move. So, as the chaos of both the cursed weather and the battle is raging all around us, Dine and Tamron manage to sneak down one of the decks and crack open the door to one of the cabins. We have to get down to the hold of this ship. That's likely where they're storing all of their goods and their food and their medicine and things like that. So we managed to get off the deck where all the fighting is happening. Most people are running up to the deck and we get down and I think we're going to have to go down. It's a battleship. It's a big one. Now for reference, in Sundered Isles, there are more phases of a naval encounter, which typically include engagement and boarding. We kind of skipped engagement and we are technically in boarding now, but because the naval encounters typically deal with actual ship-to-ship -ship combat, and we are avoiding that by being the stealthy people aboard to smuggle off goods from this ship while the Morian distract with the combat, we're going to abandon the naval encounters for now. I'm sure we will have plenty more ship combat in this, but we are going to continue marking progress and making our way towards fulfilling our quest of retrieving the medicine. So we're going to focus more on getting from, we just got off the deck and we are probably in the main quarters right now. And we have to get down another level to get to the hold. So we're going to have to continue to avoid notice and get down to the hold and then get out. And I did say this is a battleship, which means it has cannons which I think would be on this first level beneath the decks. So I'm going to ask the Oracle. I think it's likely that there are a bunch of people down here that are also getting ready to fire cannons as they see the Morian. Uh, let's see, that's 75 or less is a yes. I rolled a 99. So there are not a lot of soldiers down here manning the cannons. Maybe because they know it's the Morian, they are wisening up to their tactics and know that a cannonball, while it would deal an insane amount of damage, is very unlikely to hit such a fast and small opponent. So there's only a few down here, and I think maybe they have dropped all of the windows and shown the cannons, but there's maybe only a few people down here. Ooh, I like that a lot. So it's all for show while the big fight is happening up on decks. This is good for us because there's not a lot of people down here to catch us. Although it's nowhere near as chaotic, so I think that I will need to face danger again 
to get through here unseen or at least without getting into a fight. So let's see, I'm going to face danger. This time I think I'm going to do it with speed, mobility, or agility. Although it could be stealth or trickery as well. I think I'm still trying to be stealthy, so let's roll with shadow again. That is a 6 on the action die versus a 7 and a 3 on the challenge dice for a weak hit. It says, you succeed, but not without a cost. Make a suffer move. And there are quite a few suffer moves, like lose momentum, endure harm, endure stress. You know what? I think that it is definitely stressful, but the wording of lose momentum says when you are delayed or disadvantaged. So I think that this is a delay. I think that I can't be as quick as I wanted to, which is why I didn't use edge. There are still people down here, so it takes me a bit longer. I know that every second matters during this. So I was more worried about being stealthy when I should have been quick. It would have made the difference, and instead... I'm going to lose momentum. I don't think this is a serious setback. I think it's a minor setback. I still am moving through, making progress. So I'm only going to take minus one momentum. I think we see one of the sailors. And since I wasn't as stealthy as I thought I was going to be, I think one of the sailors probably sees us and goes, hey, what are you doing? We need every hand we can get. And I just, that's when I book it. Uh, so I lose some momentum. It took me some time. And now I'm going to actually fill in one segment of that tension clock which says caught so we are at one out of four for that as dine runs through the lower decks he's trying to find ways down there's usually that hole for lack of a better term in the middle of a deck on the main deck up on a ship which drops down if you have any cargo or anything like that you can lift it and place it down like that so he's looking for the middle of the ship to see if he can find a way down and he does find basically what would be a hatch that would lower a ladder down into the hold. But I'm going to ask the Oracle, I don't think this would just be open even to a bunch of sailors of the Cairoti Dominion as members of the military. I think that they would probably keep this on and under lock. So let's see, I think it's likely that it's locked. 50-50, we'll say 50-50. 58, it is not locked. Okay, so... Dine manages to find it and open this up, revealing a way down into the hold itself. Now, I'm going to have to find what I came here looking for. I think this might fit under gather information, search for clues, conduct an investigation. Now, normally I think that would be abstracted to be slightly longer than what I'm doing, but I do think that it is appropriately worded for what we're doing here. So let's gather information. We're rolling plus wits, which is our worst stat with iron. Oh my gosh, I, I'm rolling so out of my mind in this session. That is a 7 on the action die, 6 plus 1 wits, versus a 4 and a 2 on the challenge dice for a strong hit. Insane. You discover something helpful and specific. The path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is made clear. Envision what you learn and take plus 2 momentum. I think that we're lucky that these soldiers are actually whoever is the quartermaster on this ship is incredibly well organized and i pass through sections where it's clearly this is foodstuffs this is extra rigging and materials that we're going to need for everyday maintenance of the ship and then we get over and then we find an area that is basically just medical supplies 
And I think on a strong hit, I am so tempted to grab not only what we need, but because everything is so organized, I try and grab a little bit more. Maybe I get a little bit greedy. But regardless, that does represent us making progress and reaching a milestone in our quest. So that brings us up to six ticks on the get medicine for the Eldarian resistance here. Now all we have to do is get out, and then we can attempt to complete and fulfill our vow by rolling against that progress. Now the problem is getting out with what I have. I think that Dine probably was given a rather large, maybe over-the-shoulder kind of backpack-style sling to carry a bunch of this stuff in, as much of it as I can fit and still move and maneuver relatively freely. And I think that Tamron has a little bit as well. I think we've equipped her with a little backpack. Let's not forget my monkey is doing all of this with me. And I've actually yet to use any of the moves that are specific to my paths or my companion, but maybe we'll be able to do that on the way out. So we are now kind of bulky and a little weighed down as we begin climbing up the ladder back into the lower decks from the hold of this ship. I'm going to ask the Oracle how the fight is going. I imagine it's been a few minutes since I've landed on this ship just traversing it, trying to figure out where I'm going. So is the fight still on? Do I still have an advantage? I'm going to say it's 50-50. Oh no. It sounds like the Morian are being forced to get away, which means that as this battle is becoming less and less of a distraction, my friends, Ephraim and Laulo, are stuck on our ship waiting for me to get out. So I'm going to have to pick up the pace. I think that I'm going to face danger acting with speed, mobility, or agility. I think that it's now crunch time. I have to get out as fast as I can. Luckily, this is our best stat. Let's see what happens. A three plus three for a six on the action die versus a one and a nine for the challenge dice. So a weak hit. On a weak hit, you succeed, but not without a cost. We're going to make a suffer move. I don't think this is losing momentum again because I'm not delayed or disadvantaged. I am just rushing. And I think that that is very stressful. So I'm going to endure stress and take minus two to my spirit for some serious stress. This is my first big kind of mission and the first time I've been trusted by these new allies and I know people are out there getting injured, potentially getting killed, and my friends are sitting in the water, no pun intended, just waiting for me. They could be in significant trouble. So I rush through the lower decks, and I think the person that saw us last time is like, there he is, it's that guy! And there's a few more people down here at this point, and now the attention is on me. With that miss, I've got the caught tension clock up to half, and I'm still managing to stay one step ahead at the moment of everyone else. I retrace my steps and open the cabin door back out to the quarter deck, the main deck of this warship and the fighting is slowing down basically a bunch of the soldiers the sailors are now kind of grouping together where they're making more successful stands against the morian who are the swarm is dissipating and they are attempting to make a retreat as my friends are sitting there have my friends been seen i think at this point it is likely we'll say 50 50. 
43 is a yes, they have been seen. So when I come out of the door and I start running back up the side of the deck where I jumped on, the cinder rains are still going, although we've been sailing. So I think that we're coming out and it's a little less dense of these raining fire clouds. And we are emerging back into clearer day. I think I look and my friends are not there. They have had to pull back a little bit and they are still sailing within distance. They're out of the range or out of the angles of any of the cannons and basically they are just hoping for the best that they see me come. So I jump up and you know what? I think that at this point it's now or never. I'm going to have to attempt to fulfill my vow. There are soldiers and sailors on this ship who are now looking back at me who've run out of the lower decks and the hold. I'm carrying stuff with my monkey who's also dragging stuff in its own little kind of knapsack and we only have six progress, but six isn't bad. That's, I mean, that's the highest die you can get on a D6. So let's see, we're gonna roll two D10 and compare it to our six progress and see if we can jump off this ship and get picked up by our friends. A one and a five on the challenge die against our six progress means that we fulfill our vow and succeed in our quest. We jump off the deck of this ship and as we splash into the water, the Huge battleship just still sailing, using its momentum, the sails, wind in its sails, trying to get away from the Morian, who are just swarming it. They all break away, and my friends pull up our ship and yank me out of the water. Due to the quickness of our ships and the Morian, we are able to kind of scatter and avoid any more kind of trouble from this one battleship. We've done some damage, we've gotten what we need. And we are getting out. We cut back to the village. And Dine and his crew are back in Grandma's home. Waiting for the representatives of the Morian and the Eldarian resistance to return. We have the goods that we gathered from the ship. Laulo and Ephraim are talking about how absolutely terrifying it was to try and maintain a course with our small ship in the wake of this massive battleship. They were staying close enough until basically they saw the cannon windows open and they were way too close to one for comfort. So they waited as long as they could. Then they had to pull back and then they all laughed telling grandma about how I jumped off a Kairodi battleship into the ocean. Absolutely crazy. And eventually our resistance allies, the Morian, Kaimora, the leader of the Morian, and Finn, the Eldarian resistance member who is waiting for this medicine, arrive. I want to do a couple of things. I just want to, you know, really engage with as much of these mechanics as I can. I do have my merchant path does have a thing that says you have a ledger of goods. When you resupply by obtaining a valuable commodity, do not take supply. So I don't know if this was technically resupplying because we we took it from someone else, although resupply says when you attempt to bolster your readiness, and it does say steal or swindle. So I'm going to do that just for fun, even though this was like the whole point of the mission. Who doesn't like rolling dice? Let's see if uh, what the extra stuff I grabbed. That could be the resupply. So we're going to roll plus shadow because we stole or swindled it. Oh my god, I am rolling crazy! There's going to be an episode where I just miss and miss and miss, but this is a seven 
a five plus two on the action die plus shadow versus two twos, a strong hit with a match on the challenge dice. Now, I'm not going to use the strong hit result from resupply because my merchant says, do not take supply. Instead, envision what you acquire and make note of it in your ledger. When you sell a commodity, roll plus wits and clear it from your ledger. Now, obviously, we're going to give the medicine to the Eldarian resistance so they can heal up and help us in our fight against the Kyrodi Dominion. But the other commodity, I do think I want to... Maybe I should hold it? Maybe I should hold it for now. And since I can't really think of what it would be, it says envision what that item is, I'm actually going to roll on the treasures oracles in Sundered Isles. I'm going to roll, I think it's probably small or medium. So let's see what the value is. For either of those, that would be one precious item. So a bunch of it is just kind of trade goods, but the one precious item I got was... Oh, interesting. Gilded Imperial Regalia. Hmm. Okay, that's going to be interesting to try and find a buyer for, but we will do what we can. And then the second thing that I want to do is I think that by completing this quest to their benefit, we can develop our relationship with Kaimora and begin making progress towards forging a bond with that connection, leader of the Morian. So we don't need to roll, we just mark progress per the rank of the connection, which would be dangerous, so we get two boxes. And I think that the scene here really is, despite it being right after a battle, it is joyous. We hit them, we took something we needed from them, we let them know that we're not going down without a fight, and I think that there's kind of a raucous, rowdy energy in the air. Maybe, I don't know if it would be smart to just go out and start partying, but I think that we have a small little celebration and give the Eldarians their medicine. And I think this probably qualifies as either a sojourn or a hearten, which says sojourn is when you spend time recovering within a community, and hearten says when you socialize, share intimacy, or find a moment of peace. So I think that either of those work technically within sojourn, you can take the hearten move. So either way, we're rolling plus heart. Let's see if uh, I'm going to say we're sojourning. We're going to take a little bit of downtime, let the heat cool off uh, after this ambush, this skirmish. And rolling plus heart, we got a four plus two, six on the action die versus a five and a two on the challenge dice. I've never rolled this well ever. And this is crazy. What an exciting first episode. I just like never failed. <laughs> um, but on a strong hit, this is a safe refuge. You and your allies choose two recover moves. So we're all just going to hearten and repair and do what we need to do. And I think that that is where we end it on a high note, giving the medicine to the Eldarian resistance members, the Morian looking at us proudly saying, wow, you know, we expected a lot from you, kid, but you pulled it off. And Dine and his friends and his crew beginning a new life now that the Kyrodi Dominion has come to their shores as resistance fighters and Dine realizing that he can do this. And this is just the first step towards 
finally fulfilling his destiny, which is to take his mystic sorceress trials. Thank you for joining me for proper episode one of Ironsworn Sundered Isles playing with myself on the internet on this brand new feed. It means so much that you are listening and giving me a chance, so thank you a million times thank you. Stay tuned because I'm going to be releasing an episode every week, every Tuesday. There will be something either between an actual play, an interview with one of my nerdy friends, or someone who maybe is involved in the gaming community, my series Media Mining, which is going to be about taking touchstones from popular media or things that you may be reading or watching and thinking about how certain aspects of that can be used in tabletop gaming and on the rare months like this one in January where there are five Tuesdays where I will be releasing something I'm going to be releasing a game at the end of this month because I want to do something special for those if you'd like to talk or reach out to me, just search Rainy Plays Games on any of the social media apps. I'm probably on there. Or email me at rainyplaysgamespod at gmail.com. As you probably know, if you're listening to this, my name is spelt R-E-N-E. I admittedly don't do it the correct French way. And I think that wraps it up. If you have a moment, rate on your favorite podcatcher of choice. It helps a lot. And until next time... Just don't roll misses. <laughs>